Rise and shine. <sighs> it's butt whipping time. It's time for the Morning Blitz with Ross Volkmer. That broadcast school has really paid off. And Christian Peck Dimmitt. Do you want to keep this job? Shut up, listen, learn. The region's only local sports talk show. Discussing it all from the preps to the pros. What time is it? Dance and Simulcasting on AM 730 Fox Sports Tri-State. Streaming online at nwksradio.net and the Rocking M app. They are everywhere. The Blitz is presented by the Insurance Agency, the Farmer State Bank in Oakley, the Cowboy Corner Express, and Equity Bank of Hoxie, Quinter, and Grinnell. Stop what you're doing and listen. Mixon in the backfield, trips to the near side. Burrow looking to throw, has Mixon, he throws it short, he grabs it, gets to the goal line, he's in, touchdown, Cincinnati. Joe Burrow is able to convert to Joe Mixon. It's a four-yard touchdown pass to the rights. And the Bengals take the lead, 9-7. Third down and six, they do. Two and a half to play first half. Jackson from the shotgun, throws to the middle of the field. It's deflected, and it's picked out of the air by Aguilar. He's running to his left, breaks the tackle to 15, near side to the five, and he does a somersault into the end zone. 37-yard tip and catch. Jackson out of the gun, takes the snap, drops back to pass, looks to his left, throws to his left, left side of the end zone. Caught, touchdown, Bateman. Rashad Bateman, an 11-yard touchdown reception, and the Ravens add up. Clark, a long three. It's short once more. The long rebound to Walker, and she's going to go up with it. K-State takes down Iowa, and take notice of these cats. Good Friday morning, everybody. We are back on the morning blitz. On 1025 U-Rock, AM 730 Fox Sports, Tri-State, of course, NWKSRadio.net, the Rocking M app. So many ways to catch us, there is no excuse for you to miss us as we are rolling along here on this November the 17th. Uh, Let's see here. 29 degrees outside. Once again, another warm day. I mean, I don't know what to think of this weather. I still don't. I know next week you look at the forecast, we're going to see some fall weather coming our way, Christian. There's no doubt about it. Uh... I think I saw 30 for Thanksgiving. So your turkey day oh. is going to be a good day to stay inside and watch your beloved Lions because we all know they play on Thanksgiving. So It's true. And usually usually it doesn't look quite as good throughout my life. We've had some um, some tough Thanksgiving day <laughs> watches, but this one hopefully, hopefully not the case. Yeah, that, you know, as a Lions fan, always playing on Thanksgiving and in the, the history of the Lions Recent history of the Lions. Um, yeah, Thanksgiving has got, got not got to be a really good, really good holiday for for Michigan fans. I would guess for Michigan people who who like the Detroit Lions. That'd be my guess. I don't know this is a fact, but I'm gonna find out. You know, having a co-host now that's a big Lions fan, we're gonna find out what it's like to have a Lions fan on a Thanksgiving. So we'll see how that all pans out. But anyway, we are glad that you're with us on the Morning Blitz. Hit us up on our text line, the number 785-899-2222. Full show ahead today. A busy weekend ahead. We've got state semifinals in high school football. We'll get to that coming up. The Shiloh Cougars, the only really true area team that's still alive, although a tip of the cap to Wichita County. Uh, They are also uh, in the state semifinals as well, playing tonight. So we'll get to some thoughts on some of the regional teams that are in action tonight uh, in high school football. We will get to our picks of the weekend. Once again, a friendly reminder, Ross leading Christian by one at this point in time. So a friendly reminder, we'll get some thoughts on <laughs> the sun. friendly? <laughs> yes, friendly reminder. Friendly. 
Uh, and then the Sunflower Showdown, we will get some thoughts on that as well. A big match between Kansas and Kansas State. The 121st meeting of the Jayhawks and the Wildcats, which, by the way, surpasses the longest rivalry, at least in Kansas's perspective, uh, which was Missouri, who had 120 meetings with Mizzou. But uh, that has surpassed that right now. So we got plenty of stuff to get to today and a lot to get to on our first segment, and we're going to hit it all with the front page. Read all about it. Read all about it. The top stories of today. I got the early edition. Hot off the press. It's on the Morning Blitz. Front page, really? So starting first and foremost with Colby Community College Volleyball, the Lady Trojans with an amazing game match last night, yesterday I should say, down 2-0 to Odessa College, come storming back for the reverse sweep and stay alive in Hutchinson for another day. Colby losing 25-17 in set one, 26-24 in set two. You're thinking it's over, it's done, but wait a minute. Like Lazarus, they get back up and rise from the dead. 25 25-23, 25-20, 15-9. And they stay alive there in Hutchinson. A humongous win for the Colby Community College Lady Trojans. A huge game for Celia Mbaya. I think it's how you say her name. Christian will correct me if I'm wrong. 30 mm-hmm. kills. 30! That's called feeding your horse right there. 30 kills in the win. Uh, the next closest one was 14. So, I mean, they uh, they did some serious uh, good business coming back and winning that match over Odessa. And they remain alive uh, to face Indian Hills in the Constellation Semifinals uh, today at 1 o'clock Central Time. So, congratulations to Colby Community College Volleyball. What a showing. Uh, I didn't know if they how, how long they would hang around in this tournament. I figured they would probably struggle in the first game. When you have to take on the top seed, that's hard to do. But to put that behind you and come back and and get a win like they did, who knows? And now they're facing Indian Hills, which I think is kind of on the same level as them, I think, for the most part. Maybe there's a chance they get another win. They go into the Constellation Finals. We'll see. Yeah, the the stars were out last night, certainly. It is Celia Mbaya. You got it right. Uh, 30, 30 kills is wild. But she, she was not the only one with big stats. Anna Gatero, 51 assists and well, someone's 14 got a feeder. digs. <laughs> someone's yeah. got a feeder. <laughs> Might uh, as well be the and center. And then uh, Lily Rose Pichun, 20 digs. Alexander Workman with seven blocks. I mean, it's the, the stars were out. They were showing out. And that's what you need to, to beat a team like Odessa especially when you're down two sets, nothing. It Following along in that third set, it really... See, I don't have the stats in front of me because there were... Uh, while Odessa did have uh, some attacking errors, it seemed like every kill that the Trojans had in that fifth set was Celia. I mean, it was every... It was, it was feed the workhorse. It was crazy. You... If you haven't seen her play... It is worth the watch. Uh, they're playing at one, I believe, today, Central, and she's, I believe, five eight and just jumps out of the gym. It's it's wild. It's a very entertaining watch. Well, it's it, look. Colby has a plan. They're gonna let Pichon dig it out. They're gonna let Guerrero set it, and they're gonna let 
and buy a kill it. That's the that's the formula. I mean, it is. It, it look at the stats. It doesn't lie. And look at it all year. That's why, at least in Pashon's case, Lily Pashon's case is that she is what top five in the nation in digs. I mean, they're putting her in positions to dig it up. When when you have these really good players, you're going to put them in the best positions to have success. The problem is, is when you run into teams like a Florida Southwestern State who say, well, fine, we're just going to put two people in front of your best killer and attacker and we're just going to stuff you all game. you got to go to somebody else and they're not on the same level. That's what makes it hard. But there's a lot of teams at this national tournament that are built like Colby. They've got two or three very highly talented players that are putting them over the edge. It's just about executing when it comes right down to it. And that's where they're at. Now that they're on the consolation side of the bracket, you're going to face a lot of teams like that. How can you go about doing it? And honestly, if Colby can win today and they play for the consolation title, I mean, what a season for them. What a season. What an, I mean, It's already been an amazing season, but it would surpass even what I thought it could have been, in my personal opinion. So congratulations to CCC Volleyball. Huge win yesterday coming down from two sets to none. Uh, let's transition into more women's sports. We're going to start off a double, debtor, double dipper with the ladies. How about K-State women's basketball? An upset of number two ranked Iowa last night. Oh, my goodness. 65-58, the final score. Humongous night for Aoka Lee. 22 points, 12 rebounds. The K-State defense stifled uh, women's sports star right now. And Caitlin Clark to just 9 of 31 shooting. And then a little bit of a local flavor into this mix here. As most people know, Taryn Sides, who played for Phillipsburg last year and for the, sorry, for the previous four years and had been here in the Max Jones Fieldhouse, uh, the Goodland Cowgirls knocked them off in 2020, uh, 2022 to go to the state tournament. Uh, Taryn Sides was at the state tournament last year, played third. She's a very, very a extremely talented young lady from Phillipsburg. She is out there as a true freshman, eight points Six boards, three assists, not to mention after Caitlin Clark hit a big shot and kind of got Iowa going early in the first half, she just got, I think she was on the beak of the Hawkeye and fired a three and buried it from that far out. It was a humongous three to Terrence Lane. She just, she just Steph Curried it, just walked it across like, I'm going to pull the trigger. Boom. Mo I tell you what, if you're a freshman and you do that and you don't make it, you're on the bench. <laughs> I can guarantee it. You're on the bench. So she's thankful that she made that. Well, then later in the game, she hit a couple of big free throws down the stretch. They put the freshman on the line. She hit them. And once again, 65-58, K-State beats Iowa last night in Iowa City. Um, humongous night for uh, for the Hawkeyes. And don't forget about Aoka Lee, folks. This is a gal who two years ago was one of the best women's players in college basketball. Got hurt in the preseason last season. So was out for the whole year and now is back this year. K-State is going to be something to watch in women's basketball this season. Now, watching the highlights of this game, Aoka Lee, it didn't really matter what Hawkeye you threw in front of her. Could You, you couldn't slow her down. It granted, granted, Iowa is not a team that has a ton of size. Rebounding is kind of a gang effort for them, but she ate them up inside. And obviously, uh, next to her, there wasn't a ton of offense. It was the defense that you played that highlights this game. To, to hold Caitlin Clark to 2 of 16 from 3 is ridiculous. And Taryn Sides, I didn't get to watch her in high school. Uh, obviously an area girl. But to do the Caitlin Clark back to her, that's, that's what Clark's been doing. Two teams is pulling from the logo. 
Uh, but you, you, you get a chance to do that back to her. I'm sure that felt good. Iowa clearly needs a second star or a second score next to Clark, which is tough because of the way the, the field goal attempts will work. Uh, Clark taking 32 last night, but the defense that you played on Iowa, incredible. They shot nine and a half percent from three. <laughs> nine and a half. That's, I think they call that an off night. Brutal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they do. And uh, 36% from the field isn't exactly starstruck either. And you didn't shoot that well if you're K-State. Like I said, it was all the defense. And you fought back in this one. You were down five or six, or five and six at multiple points throughout the fourth quarter, especially late. I think it was like two minutes 30 or 40 left, and you're down by five. To fight back was was cool to see. Big, big win for K-State. Yeah, that's a tournament resume win right there four games into your season. So, because Iowa's going to go on, they're going to win a lot of games this year. Um, but that's, once again, it goes back to my one of my, kind of my bugaboos about basketball nowadays is when you're a team like Iowa and you love to shoot the three and it's not going in, do you have a backup plan? Or is it just... Well, let's just keep shooting. They're going to fall at some point in time. Because guess what? They might fall, but it might not be until the next game. So you're going to lose this one. It's the truth. I mean, I know you're laughing at me, but this is the facts. You you want to fire up threes? Fine. Do it. But guess what? It's not going. If you can't get them to go, you've got to have another way of getting points. I'm I'm with you there. You you know better than anybody. I am old school. I, I like the ability to... Be more dynamic offensively. That being said, that Dallas Mavericks thing, and of course the uh, Iowa Hawkeyes when we're talking this case, of live by the three, die by the three, does allow you to hang with and beat anyone. It's it's different when you're Iowa and you're already one of the best teams in the country. But some of these lesser or more middle-tier teams that are just all running and gunning and shooting threes, it does allow you to play with no, it does. Bigger it's the three-point shot them. is the great equalizer. There is no doubt about exactly. it, and I don't have any issue with people shooting threes. But you know, if you're if you are a pitcher that throws 102 miles an hour, that's great. But at some point in time, people are going to catch up to that 102 file on our fastball. Do you have a changeup that to throw at you know 91? Do you have a curveball? Do you have something else in your repertoire to help yourself when that top pitch is not working? Same thing here. Do you have something when your threes are not falling? Like, can we drive to the bucket and get it? Can we play with our back to the bucket? Can we get an in? Can we draw up a play to get a layup? Like I said, got to find those ways. Good teams have those. That's the difference between really good teams or great teams. And you're talking about your middle of the road teams that get the upsets. It's the ones that have that change up pitch. K-State, I think, got a little bit more. They've got Aoka Lee with a back-to-the-bucket player. They've got three-point shooters on the outside. Jeff Mitty's done a great job with that program. Really quickly, one one final stat on this. Caitlin Clark's the only player to make a three for the Hawkeyes last night. No other player made a three. That's crazy to me. That's wild. You got you got to have somebody else to help you out there a little bit to shoulder, yeah. shoulder the load yeah. there, you need, Caitlin. You need another score. No other starter. No other starter in double figures and only one other player uh, for the Hawkeyes in double figures and she had 10. Also a really cool Kansas moment uh, after the game. I, yeah, it was after the game where there was a picture of Taryn Sides taking a photo with Ava Jones. Ava Jones was a phenomenal player at Nickerson, uh, another 3A school 
Uh, so those two ladies took a picture together. Those were the 3A girls players of the year two years ago, or I think it was two years ago or three years ago. They were the players of the year in 3A, according to uh, Sports in Kansas. And Ava Jones, and, uh, and a horrific deal. She was playing, if you don't know this story, Christian, but she was playing, you know, AAU basketball in, in Louisville, and her family was walking on the sidewalk in between games, and a car uh, came off the road and struck them and unfortunately killed her father, injured and injured her mother and her very badly. And so Ava Jones, who had a full ride to Iowa, um, and their head coach honored it, and she's there going to school, but, you know, she's still working her way back. She was very badly injured. I don't know if she'll ever play again, um, but to see a picture of those two together after the game was pretty cool sight to see for, for Western Kansas, but a very, very neat thing there. All right, moving on here on the front page. Great news for Kansas football fans. Sounds like as if quarterback Jalen Daniels will be back for the 2024 football season. He's been not he has not played since the BYU game on September 23rd. He's been battling back issues all season long. It was it looked like he was going to be back on the 30th to take on Texas, but in the walkthrough, tweaked his back again, and we have not seen him since. And I, we will not see him, I think, the rest of the season. From what it sounds like, he's going to get fully healthy. And this is. This, like, as we were mentioned yesterday, this this whole deal to me has kind of seemed a little, I don't know, fishy. But apparently, this back tweak was was one of the was one doozy of one because uh, Jalen Daniels not being able to turn this year has really been a sad note for for Kansas Jayhawk football. Because and this is once again, I go back to this is still a seven possibly this is going to be an eight win team. They'll beat Cincinnati. I don't know if they're going to beat K State this weekend. We'll see. I think it'll still be a pretty decent game. But you put Jalen Daniels on the field, this might be a 9-10 win Jayhawk football team. That's the difference. That's the Big 12 preseason offensive player of the year that did not play pretty much all season long. That's the issue. Um, But as he said, this season didn't go as planned, but he's not going anywhere. He's not done. He's coming back to rock chalk, as he would say. So this is a great win for Kansas. It's a great win for Lance Leipold, first and foremost. It's a great win for Kansas football. Um... It's a great, really win for the Big Twelve as well, and he has a T. And if he can be healthy, he can be that that best player in the Big Twelve, which puts Kansas over the top. I don't think he'll have Devin Neal to hand the ball off to. I think he'll probably go to the NFL this season. We'll see. Uh, but we know Lance Leipold is, I, as we've seen, he is a phenomenal developer of players, and they'll have plenty of weapons around him to help him get the job done. Yeah, of course, if they can get Neal back uh, in the backfield next to Daniels, that is huge. But Remains to be seen at this point. I believe he started three games, did Daniels? I think they were 3-0 with him. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. But that sounds right. Yeah, to to have him back. We said this yesterday, or I said this yesterday. The back and the hamstring are things that if you are not 100% back from, when, when you come back and hit that field, it can stick around and it can continue to nag on you. So I do get the idea of especially if you tweak it, and apparently, like Ross said, it was a pretty bad tweak to stay off the field, especially with a future looking forward. I think him coming back, though, Ross, squashes that that theory of him maybe something off the field happening where yes. you know, he, he doesn't want to come back. I think clearly uh, he's committed here, and a, a huge win for Kansas football, of course, and the Big 12 you know, times are changing, conferences are changing. It, it is pretty open next year, and if you can get some some playmakers back, 
Devin Neal would be big. Uh, Lawrence Arnold probably coming back would be nice, too. This can be a very dangerous football team next year as well. No, I think it can be, and you're exactly right. The league is going to look different. No Texas, no Oklahoma, but Oklahoma State's still here. You're bringing in Utah, <laughs> which is a real bear. I'm telling you, if they have a quarterback, Utah is tough. Uh, Utah is going to be a bully in the Big 12. Uh, they're going to play a type of bloody-knuckle football that no Big 12 team is going to love. Um, and Arizona has really had a good year this year. They're coming into the league. Colorado, of course, is going to be here. Maybe with Prime, maybe not. We're going to find out over the next couple of weeks. That's an interesting story to follow as well. Um, but, yeah, the Big 12 is changing. But I think Kansas is in a good spot, especially with Jalen Johnson. I just I feel bad for Jayhawk fans. I'm not a KU fan, but I feel bad for them because this season I think could have been even more special uh, if Jalen Daniels would have been behind. I think they I think they honestly upset Texas. I think they do. I think they take down Texas at that point in time of the year if Jalen Daniels is healthy, but he wasn't. That's all right. All right, real quick, before we get to our break, last night, Thursday night football, Ravens run away from the Bengals 34-20. Lamar Jackson looked good, two passing touchdowns. Gus Edwards had two two rushing touchdowns as well. The big story, though, Joey Burrow injured in the first half, could not throw the football, and that you might as well just write this season off if you're a Bengals fan. It's done. If Joe Burrow cannot and, – and, and I want to say this. Browning, the quarterback, the backup who came in, remember he played at Washington a few years back, Jake Browning, he looked good. I don't want to put anything against Browning. I thought he looked good. He played respectable for being coming in in, in short notice. But Joe Burrow is an elite quarterback. He's like three or four in, in the NFL. If he can't go for an extended period of time and you're already in last place with a 5-5 five and five record in the toughest division, don't know if you're going to make it in the postseason, Cincinnati. I don't know. It's going to take a lot of work. Take a lot of work on the back end. But maybe. But uh, that was a that was a tough blow last night for Cincinnati. Absolutely. If if you are a big sports savant and you're active on social media, you'll remember uh, a day and a half, two days ago, when Cincinnati posts. You know, if you follow a sports team, you know, whenever they land in a new in an away game or something like that, they'll post. All the players in their cool outfits getting off the plane, you know, just landed in Baltimore, all this stuff. And one of the videos in the back, uh, in the background had Joe Burrow with some sort of cast or sleeve on his arm in his hand. Uh, that was quickly taken down, of course, as soon as uh, all these football crazies found him in the background and pointed that out. Apparently, this is apparently... Uh, one week ago in the first drive, or I think it was the second drive, against the Texans, uh, Chris Long, former D-end, found the play of him getting his hand kind of smushed between him and a D-end. And that could potentially have been why he didn't look so great second half last week. And, of course, why if you saw the game last night, after he got that re-injured, he kind of rolled up on his hand a little bit. He couldn't get it above his shoulder. I mean, he tried to pull the ball back in a throwing motion and just fell over to the ground in pain. If this is long-term, I I hate to throw out a take like this, but I am with Ross here. This could be a season killer right here. Yeah, it could be. And if, if you're the Ravens, you're feeling good. You're 8-3. and three. You're on top of this, this, yeah. this best division. You've played good. You've got some nice pieces around you. Um Honestly, Pittsburgh and Cleveland, they might be able to catch you a little bit. But remember, Cleveland's got their starting quarterback gone, and Pittsburgh doesn't really have a good enough offense, I think, to get it done. So uh, if you're Cincinnati, if you're Baltimore sitting thinking, you know what? We might have this thing in the books already, 11 games in. So uh, there you go. Thursday night football last night, 34-20. 
Baltimore Ravens over the Cincinnati Bengals. But probably the bigger loss, instead of just the number in the right-handed side of the column, is the loss of Joe Burrow, possibly for a while there for Cincinnati. Um, all right. There, uh, okay, I'm going to say this real quick. I'm not going to write the Bengals off just quite yet because if he's not out and he's able to come back and they get on a heater at the end, they could do this. They could come back. They could get a wild card spot. But he can't be out for too long or it's done. There, I'll just I'll end it with that. All right, uh, 7.33 in the Mountain Time Zone, 8.33 in the Central Time Zone here on a Friday. Glad you're with us on the Morning Blitz. Ross Volkmer, Christian Peck, Dimmitt. When we take a break, we'll come back. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, the Sunflower Showdown, and we'll also dive into a few of the regional state semifinal football games uh, going on around the region. You're listening to the Morning Blitz here on a Friday.